Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. So I want to talk to you about fasting tonight. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I came the wrong night. <laughs> Pastor going to talk to us about fasting. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18 is where we're going to start tonight. Moreover, when you fast, this is Jesus speaking. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that you do not appear unto men to fast, but unto your Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So I want to talk to us just for a few moments. I've got uh, five little points here that I want to talk to us about. And the first one that I want to talk to us about is that we are not supposed to appear to people to fast when we're fasting. Now, why would first of all, let's talk about why would we fast? Because fasting positions us to receive the supernatural in our life. We'll talk about this later in just a few moments, but fasting heightens our spiritual awareness. Fasting sharpens our discernment. Fasting weakens the flesh but strengthens the spirit, and it gives us power with God. Fasting gives us power with God. And so fasting is a spiritual exercise that we can do that, that positions us to receive the supernatural power of God in our life. In fact... The disciples came to Jesus one day and they said, why couldn't we cast this, this spirit out of this, this demon out of this young man? And Jesus looked at him and he said, well, that kind doesn't go out but by prayer and fasting. And so fasting is denying your flesh things that it desires. And most of the time when we talk about fasting, we're talking about food. There are different kinds of fasts. There, there is a full fast. There is a partial fast. There's what they like to call a Daniel fast. There, are, there is the fasting of desires. Say, for instance, some people would do kind of a partial fast and not watch television all week long or not have coffee all week long or not have sugar all week long or something like that. And so that would be, that would be denying your flesh the desires of the flesh. Anytime your flesh is denied, that same proximity in your spirit becomes more aware. And so we fast in order to deny the flesh so we can gain awareness in the spirit and be more, more connected to our heavenly father and his desire for us. So Jesus said this. He said, now the Pharisees, when they fast, they like to disfigure their face. They like to mess up their hair. They like to go out in the streets and they like to beat themselves on the chest. This is what Jesus was saying. They like to beat themselves on the chest and let everybody know that they're doing this fasting thing. Jesus said, don't do that. He, in fact, he said, wash your face, comb your hair, anoint your head, and do not appear unto people to fast. And your father, which sees you in secret, will we re reward you openly. I can tell you from experience. I've been on several long fasts, what people would call long fasts. Three-day fast, more than I can count. Eight-day fast, probably more than I can count. I've been on several 14-day fasts. I've been on four, five, 21-day fasts. I've been on, a, on at least one 28-day fast and at least one 40-day fast. 
where it was just not. And when I say fast, I'm talking about nothing but water. Now, intermixed in there are uh, Daniel fast and fasting from desires and a lot of those little things like that. And sometimes there are a couple of days and sometimes there are a couple of weeks. But I'm talking about real fast. And I can tell you from experience that there is absolutely nothing I have ever faced in my life that a good fasting and prayer season will not break. The enemy can come again. Jensen Franklin put it like this. He said, I've never hit a spiritual block in ministry that a 21-day fast would not break through. Why? Because many times what happens is we get our, our flesh, our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul wrapped up in the work that we're doing and sometimes the work that we're doing for the Lord. And, and what happens is if we don't watch it, we get to the point where we cease to become spiritually aware or we become less spiritually aware and we're just trying to figure things out with our head. We're just trying to figure things out. And we're trying to reason things that we can only get through revelation. And... Fasting helps us become more aware of spiritual things so that we can actually receive what God wants at that particular time in our life. When we fast, we're not supposed to tell people we're fasting. We're not supposed to, unless it's like a corporate fast, like the church is doing a corporate fast or something. But we're not supposed to be telling people that we're fasting. We're not supposed to be announcing it. In fact, we're supposed to just go throughout our day and do the best that we can And during that season when we are fasting like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. (laughs) I told somebody once, I said, I think I'm going to go on a fast. I'm going to fast between meals, all but the snacks. (laughs) But when we're going through, through those seasons, then it's a good time to do one of two things. Either during the time that you would normally eat to draw away and feed your spirit through the word and through prayer. Or there are some places in the scripture where the Bible actually encourages us to occasionally purchase food for other people. So spend the amount of money that you would normally spend during that that meal and actually buy someone else's meal. And so there are places in the scripture where the Bible actually alludes to things like that. So we're to anoint our head, we're to wash our face. We're not supposed to appear uh, unto men to fast. And the reason is because we're not supposed to let Pride get in the way. We're not, you know, fasting for prideful purposes instead of other things. Now, why do we fast? One of the things that happens when we fast, let me put it like this. A couple of things that happen when we fast. Number one, we fast to purify the flesh and we fast to purify the spirit. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, the Bible teaches us, and I've been teaching you here the last five or six months a lot, that we are the temple of God... And, and because we're the temple of God, that means that we are the host of God's presence. So God lives inside of us. And if He lives inside of us, every now and then He's going to want to flow through us. Because what God does in the earth today, He does through man. He does through women. He does through mankind. And so we have to take care of the temple that God has given to us. And we should be aware of the toxicity of our body. We should do whatever we can to eat right, to exercise. I'm preaching. I wish I had a mirror. We need to eat right. We need to exercise. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to do cardio. We need to do those kinds of things. So when God wants to move through us, that we are physically conditioned for the flow of the anointing. 
About six or seven months ago, the Lord spoke to me, and this is why I've been in the gym, not because Pastor Josh got here. I was trying to get in the gym before he got here. He just came along as like an answer to prayer. But here, here's, here's the thing. The Lord spoke to me, and Donna will tell you. I told her, I said, the Lord spoke to me in prayer today, honey, that I need to get myself physically conditioned for what God is getting ready to do through me. And so that's why I've been doing that. I've been in the gym four, three or four times a week and working out. I'm trying to eat right. Now, Donna will tell you that I'm not eat, eating right, but I found out that when you work out, you need protein. You need like more protein, which is like hamburgers and steaks and stuff like that. That's protein, you know. And so she'll say, yeah, but you're eating too much of it. I said, oh, no, it's what my body needs. I'm taking care of them. You understand what I'm saying. But we got to pay attention. The point that I'm saying is we got to pay attention. We're God's temple and we should be aware of the toxicity of our body. Now, also let me say this, okay? Fasting purifies not just the flesh, but it also purifies the spirit. And since we, we realize that we, have, that, that we are the temple of God, we are the dwelling place of God. We are the conduit of God's anointing and God's power. Then we also should be aware, get this, of the toxicity of our spirits. Not just our body, but our spirits. God cannot flow through a bitter vessel. Here we go. You ready for this? I know you are. You're here on Wednesday night. You're always ready if you're here on Wednesday night. That's the ready crowd. God cannot flow through a bitter vessel. It's very difficult for God to flow through a mad vessel. Now let me say this. It's also difficult for God to flow through a depressed vessel. So the enemy will try to defeat us and the enemy will try to oppress us and he'll try to depress us and he'll try to wear us out and he'll try to beat us down because he realized when God starts to rocking and rolling through you that your body is going to have to cooperate and so he'll war against your spirit and he'll try to get your flesh in the way of the spirit for the moving of the spirit of God and fasting can help you set aside the flesh and the desires of the flesh to make yourself available for the move of the Spirit of God in your life. Every single person in this place is a vessel for God to use. You do not have to be a preacher, a teacher, a worship leader. You do not have to be in the public eye for God to use you. God can use you to lay hands on the sick and say, One of my biggest goals as a pastor and minister for years has been to get the church to the point where they realize pastor doesn't always have to lay his hands on me for me to get my miracle. I can actually pray for people and they can get their miracle. Body ministering to body and then eventually body ministering to the lost. You know, there's one of me. There's one of Dr. John. There's one of Pastor Josh. Three pastors in this. There's one of us, okay? What if every single one of us in Lakewood, what if we all said, okay, God, here am I. You know, I might not ever preach and I might not ever get in a pulpit and I might not ever teach and I might not ever sing and I might not ever be visible, but God, if you want to pour yourself through me to someone on the street or someone in the job or someone down at the shopping mart or where I'm filling up with my gas or out in the park or down by the beach, God, if you want to pour yourself through me to an individual, 
I'm available. What if we all got available? Think about how much broader. Can you imagine what would happen if we could all get to the point where we could just let God use us whenever He wanted to? Isn't that amazing? So many people say, well, uh, there's just no way in the world that I could win 100 people to Jesus. Sure you could. Sure you could. You don't have to win them all at the same time. Win one now, win one later, win one a little later, win one a little later. If you won one person to Jesus every month, you would have won 12 people to the Lord. If you taught them how to win people to Jesus Christ, then at the end of 12 months, if they all won people to Jesus, that's 144 people. You see what I'm saying? So we could win people to Christ. We have to have our spirit right in order to do that. So we have to... We have to understand that we're God's temple and we have to be aware of the toxicity of our spirit. Satan will try to make your spirit toxic. And fasting can flush that out. Fasting can get it removed out of your life. Unforgiveness stops people from the flow of God's power. Unforgiveness stops people from faith operating. Unforgiveness will come against us many times and we just need to get that toxicity out of our spirit. Now, um, another place in the scripture, the Bible tells us that when we fast, we should pray. If you do not pray when you are fasting, you are just dieting. I said, you're just dieting. So we need to pray when we fast. We need to feed our spirit just like we just like we feed our body. We need to feed our spirit. Uh, you know, if I'm fasting, I mean, I, I need to feed my spirit every day. I need to feed it with the Word of God. I, I can feed it through the Word. I can feed it through fellowship. I can feed it through worship. I can feed it by just being in the presence of the Lord, hanging around the right people. I can feed my spirit. And let me tell you something. Your spirit is going to take in food from somewhere. Did you hear me? Come on, I'm a pastor, I have to teach you. Your spirit is going to feed from somewhere. You decide which table you eat at. You decide from where the food comes from. You hang around the right people, you're going to eat the right kind of food. You hang around the wrong kind of people, you're you're going to eat the wrong kind of food. And let me tell you something, you are what you eat. So if you hang around bitter people, you're eventually going to get bitter. If you hang around gossipers, you're eventually going to become a gossiper. If you hang around people who are addicted to the move of God, you're going to get addicted to the move of God. If you hang around people that have a love for the Word of God, you're going to develop a love for the Word of God. If you hang around people that want to see God move in the miraculous where the supernatural power of God comes down, people that are tired of just hearing the testimonies from the past and they want to see blind eyes open today, right here, right now, and deaf ears unstopped and and crippled people walk right here, right now. If you're hanging around people like that, then that's the kind of person you're going to become. That's the kind of person you're going to become. So it's important for us to fast and to pray together. So hang around praying folk. Hang around people when you're fasting. Hang around people that like to pray. Listen, it's always good to have a good intercessor on your team. I think most of us do, don't we? I mean, we've always... We, how many's got somebody you can call like right now? Come on, you better, you, you better ha- uh, get your hand up because you can always call the pastor. But... <laughs> 
But besides me, how many of you got somebody you can call right now? I mean, if you got to have somebody to pray. Uh, hallelujah. Some of them good old-fashioned grandmas that know how to ring the prayer bells of heaven, that know how to, and they don't care. You know what I like about grandmas? They don't care what, you know, they have moved past the point. Is my makeup running? They've moved past that. They don't even care. They don't even care. They realize at this stage of the game there's cracks and all kinds of stuff and it just doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm just going to praise God and I'm going to worship God and I'm going to magnify. Come on now. Come on now. Donna looked at me one day and she said, Look, John, my face is sagging. I said, baby, I said, I just love you anyway. Doesn't matter. I would have said I didn't notice, but that would have been a lie, and I can't lie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm in trouble now. Hang around praying, people. When you're praying, pray that the pastor gets dug out of this. The fourth thing. The fourth thing that I want to share with you is some demons are tougher than others. Some battles are tougher than others. You say, did you say demons? Yes, I did. Who do you think's fighting us? The devil and his cohorts. They're the ones that fight us. It's a spiritual battle. It's not just psychological, it's spiritual. There's a real devil and there's real demons that are out there fighting against us. Now, that's not real popular to teach today and it's not real popular to talk about today, but Jesus himself had to fast and pray. And the Bible said in the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse number 1 and 2, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, listen to this, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days Tempted of the devil. He was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He wasn't going through depression. He wasn't going through oppression. He was fighting the devil. He was fighting the devil. And the Bible said, Being tempted of the devil in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If you be the Son of God, command that this stone be made bread. The devil is always going to hit you with what he thinks you need at, the, at that precise time, what he thinks you need the most. He looked at Jesus. He knew that Jesus was hungry. He probably seen the physical side of Jesus and hunger pains. And so here he is and he says, hey, if you're the son of God. So he tried to cater to his fleshly pride, but he couldn't get the pride of Jesus. Jesus had just fasted 40 days. He said, but if you're the son of God, he said, then command these stones be made bread. And the Bible says that Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What Jesus was communicating to us and to the devil, actually at that time, what he was communicating to them is there's more to life than the physical side. There is a spiritual side. Man doesn't just live by bread alone. Man can exist by bread alone, but if you really want to live... If you really, really, really want to live, then you live also by every word of God. 
So then the devil takes him up into a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give you in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all this shall be yours. This cracks me up. It wasn't the devil's to give. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. See, this is what the devil always does. The devil always tries to take what doesn't belong to him, and then he tries to make you feel good when he gives back to you what already belongs to you that he doesn't have the authority to give. At Jesus and he says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and the power and the, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It wasn't the devil's to give. Jesus answered and said to him, I love this. Jesus said, hey, get behind me, Satan. Just get behind me. He said, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Notice, Jesus did not have long dissertations with the devil. He didn't have long conversations with the devil. He didn't say, now listen, I already own this. You can't give it to me. I already own it. You don't have the power. You don't have the authority. You know why? Because he realized that it's fruitless to argue with the devil. It doesn't matter what you say to the devil. He'll twist it around and try to make it look like you're attacking him. And Jesus just fought him with the word. He said, nope, nope. He said, just get behind me. Just get on behind me, Satan. He said, for it's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So then Satan brings him to Jerusalem, sets him on a pinnacle of the temple, says unto him, if you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it's written, he'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands thou shalt bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So you're trying to tell me it's written, you know, that the angels will bear me up. And Jesus just looked at him and he said, it said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's what the Bible says. That's what the, the word of God says. And now look at this. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Boom. We forget that part, don't we? He departed from him for a season. Obviously, we see Jesus now going back to Galilee, and he returned. And this is what I love. Verse 14, verse number 2, the Bible said that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Actually, that's verse number 1. He, was, he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Now look at this. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus, the central figure of all Christianity, our example, fasted 40 days and 40 nights, was tempted to the devil, overcame him with the Word of God, and, and he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. In verse number 14, the Bible said, And Jesus returned, here we go, in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, 
And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. Why was there a fame that went about? Because he was walking in the power of the Spirit. He was led. The Bible said there in verse number 1, he was full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But then he returned after 40 days of fasting in the power of the Spirit. If just getting baptized with the Holy Spirit could give you the power that you need to cast out devils and work miracles, then how come Jesus had to, had to fast for 40 days and be tempted of the devil? What I'm trying to tell you is there is a dimension beyond being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's called the dimension of power. We call it in our studies the fourth dimension. And it's the fourth dimension of power. The Holy Spirit is the doorway into the supernatural. It's your entrance into the supernatural life. It's your entrance into spirit-led living. But once you go through that door, then there are times you'll have to fast and there are times you'll have to pray and there are times you'll have to fight the devil and there are times that you will be tempted. But if you'll hang in there, stick with the Word of God, do your fasting, do your prayer, there will come a time when you will come out of that wilderness in the power of the Spirit and God will be glorified through you. Hallelujah. It's seasonal. There are seasons of fasting. There are seasons of prayer. There are seasons of temptations. There are seasons of trials. There are all kinds of seasons in our life. But then there comes a time when God says, okay, that's enough. And the next step you take, you step out of that season of trouble and trial and fasting and prayer and you step into a season of supernatural power with God and and God's power gets put on display all over everywhere. You can't get there to that place without fasting and prayer. We go on here and Jesus had already been working. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Galilee, there went out a fame of Him throughout all the region round about. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. That was in Galilee. Then He decides He's going to go home to Nazareth. He comes to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now I want to ask you this question where did this spirit come upon him? I mean, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and now I'm anointed to preach, heal, and work deliverance and recovering of sight to the blind and set liberty and preach the acceptable year. Where did it come upon him? Every day that he fasted, more of the Spirit came upon him. Every single day. Through testings, through fastings, through troubles, through trials. Let me tell you something. The testing that you're going through, the battle that you've been in, the trial that you have been going through is God conditioning you for the power. It's Him conditioning you for the anointing. you got to stay faithful. You have to remain faithful in this season because the next season is a season of glory. It's a season of glory. 
I told our little prayer warriors here tonight, I told one of them, we were praying, and I told her, I said, listen, let me tell you something. I said, Donna and I both have been sensing in our spirit that what we have been through, the murkiness is over. We are stepping into a brand new season here at Lakewood. We have been through trouble. We've been through trial. We've been through battles for almost two years. The enemy's tried to take us apart. He's fought. He's done all kinds of crazy things. And there are there's some weeding that has went on. But let me tell you something. The people that are here that want the move of God, they want the touch of God, and they're not doing it trying to, 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 to promote themselves. But they're like, okay, God... Here we are, Lord. We're going to stay faithful. We're going to stay strong. We'll go through this season. And those that have remained faithful are going to reap the benefit. They're going to reap the benefit of God's glory and God's power. The atmosphere of anointing that produces the miraculous in the earth today. Hallelujah. Revival's coming, church. Revival's coming. We've made it. Hallelujah. Jesus closed the book. He gave it again to the minister, sat down. The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So Jesus fasted. He fasted. He, when he was fasting, it, it heightened his spiritual awareness. It, fasting heightens your spiritual awareness. It, it helps you see things different than you've seen them before. You start saying things like, that's more spiritual than what you think it is. I was in the car with my daughter Nikki today. We were running down and we have, have a piece of equipment that we have to uh, get worked on down in Tampa. And so we were running down there and dropping it off. And we were just talking about a few things. And we were talking about the season that we've been in and talking about how that God's bringing us out and, and, and the prophetic words that God has given us and prophetic words that God has given me and prophetic words that God has given Donna. And, and I just looked at her and I said, Honey, I said, let me tell you something. I said, uh, I, said I sense in my spirit that, that we have come out the other side. We have come out the other side. Hallelujah. Spiritual awareness. See, and I told her, I said, I told her, I said, three quarters of what we have been through, I said, has been spiritual. It's a spiritual attack. It's a spiritual battle. That's, that's what it is. And we have to address spiritual things spiritually. Spiritually. So we feed our spirit. Fasting sharpens our discernment. It, I mean, there are times I've made mistakes because maybe because I haven't fasted and prayed. Maybe because I wasn't as discerning as I should be. But fasting sharpens our discernment. Fasting may weaken our flesh, but it strengthens our spirit. And fasting gives us power with God. Now, go to Matthew chapter 17. Go to Matthew 17. Are you there? Some of you? Matthew 17. Beginning in verse number 14. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. And sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus, look at this, rebuked the devil. 
He didn't say, oh God, would you heal him from being a lunatic. Jesus rebuked the devil. Think about this. Not every sickness is from the devil, but a whole lot more of them than than we want to realize or admit are from the devil. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, Number one, because of your unbelief. He said, For I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, remove to yonder place, and it will remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it this kind, this one, goes not out but by prayer and fasting. So there are some things, takes more than faith, it takes fasting and prayer. The last point that I want to share with you tonight Point number five. Number one, just in case you're taking notes, we're not supposed to appear to men to fast. Number two, fasting purifies us, both our flesh and our spirit. Number three, if we fail to pray while we're fasting, we're just dieting, so we need to pray. Number four, some spiritual battles require the discipline of fasting and prayer at the same time because some demons are tougher than others. And then number five, Fasting was practiced in the book of Acts. Now, there's a lot of people that they say, well, now fasting was just for the early church. It was for Jesus. It was for the disciples and things like that. No, fasting was also in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 9, verses 8 through 11, we won't go there, but in Acts chapter 9, verses 8 through 11, fasting followed Saul's conversion. I mean, he went down there to... Damascus and street called straight and there he was and he was fasting and he was praying and through fasting and through prayer God spoke to a man by the name of Ananias and told him to go down to a street called straight and pray for one named Saul whose name had been turned to Paul because he was blind and he said Lord isn't this the one that was breathing out threatenings to the Christians and the Lord's like yes but I have saved him you go down there and you pray for him and he went in there and he prayed for him and the Bible said that the scales fell from his eyes and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Ananias literally took Paul around to the Christians. They were scared to death of him. Took him around to the Christians and said, Hey, look, you need to accept this man. This is a miracle. He is now a brother. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He rose above his equals. He was running around trying to persecute the church, trying to kill Christians, thinking that he was pleasing God, enforcing the old Mosaic law. But on the road to Damascus, he was struck down and a voice came out of heaven and said why do you kick against the pricks and he cried who are you Lord and the people that were around him the Bible said the people that were around him heard a loud voice but saw no man and in that moment of time God changed and transformed his life but it took more than that change and transformation in order to launch him into his ministry He needed to fast. He needed to pray. It took others helping him. So fasting was practiced in the book of Acts. We see that in Acts chapter 9 verses 8 through 11. Then we see Acts chapter 13. Just go over there real quick like Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 3. The Bible said now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. 
And the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So we see Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 3, where fasting was associated with the sending forth of the first missionaries in the church. And then the last place in the book of Acts that I'm going to share with you tonight, and we'll be through, we're running out of time here, is in Acts chapter 14 and verse number 23. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord of whom they believed. So we see fasting at the structure of the New Testament church. We see fasting when they were ordaining elders. So there was fasting and there was prayer in the ordination and the setting forth of elders. So we see... In the book of Acts, we see the natural progression. We see the salvation of a powerful man who gave his heart to the Lord and ended up fasting and praying. And then we go on and we see fasting when they were getting ready to send missionaries out to win more people to Christ. And then we see fasting and prayer when they were actually structuring and organizing a church to train disciples and to raise up other leaders. So fasting and prayer was involved from conversion all the way through to the structure and the formation of the church. So if we want the power of God in our life, we're going to have to do some fasting. Now whatever that means between you and God, that, that's your conversation with God. I realize some people can't fast food because of meds and different things of that nature. But why don't you talk to God about what you can give him that is more pleasing to the flesh. Most of the time, everybody can fast something. And here's what I've found out throughout my life. There are seasons in my life and ministry where I just get to the point where the hamburger don't mean a thing. I get so hungry for the move of God. I get so hungry for the manifestation of God's presence that my natural desire for food pales in comparison to my thirst for Him. And when that happens, you better buckle your seatbelt because we're going to have some church. We're going to have a revival. Move of God. You know the thing that I like about authentic revival? is you never have to explain it to the lost. Something that's worked up, you do have to explain. But an authentic move of God, that's what I meant today when I was talking about, I want God to move, I just don't want it to be weird. And sometimes as Pentecostals, we can get weird. Pray for me, preacher. (laughs) Catcher back there? Uh, that's weird. Now, if God wants to drop you, that's one thing. But always having to check for the catcher? That ain't God. That's a courtesy drop. That's a CD. That's a courtesy drop. Let's let God move. Let's do some fasting. Let's do some praying. Let's start getting hungry for God again. 
Imagine what would happen Sunday if all of us done a little fasting between now and then. Imagine what would happen the Sunday after that if, and this is what I'm going to talk to you about, if we went on like a seven or eight day fast before the next Sunday and said, okay, God, it's time to shift. What if we just got to the point where we said, okay, Lord, I'll give you breakfast every day. Some of us can say, Lord, I'll give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Some of us need to give God breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Hello, don't shout me down while I'm preaching good now. Yep. (laughs) Some of us need to give up our coffee for God. Some of us need to give up our shows for God. Some of us need to give up sugar for God. Some Some of us need to just give God some time. I mean, my goodness. I was, I was driving down the road the other day and the Lord spoke to me and He said, how much time have you spent with me today? I said, ouch. I found a parking lot. I spent some time with the Lord. And I didn't get weird. I was just laid back in my seat and put some worship music on and I said, okay. All right, Lord, here I am. Let's spend 15 minutes together, Lord. I spend a little time with the Lord. You can do that. You can do that. How many want power with God? Amen. Amen. How many is willing to do whatever it takes? I want, I want to challenge you for the rest of this week to spend some time with the Lord. I want to challenge you to talk to the Lord about, Lord, what can I give you? through fasting as it pertains to fasting. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.